The day after the funeral, Jane came back to the island cemetery and sat in her car, watching the rainfall on her daughter's grave. It had been raining seventeen days straight, according to the news. But Jane didn't care. The rain matched her mood. She left the ignition on, with the wiper set on delay, and she watched as the water slid down the windshield, obscuring the dreary view beyond. She kept telling herself it wasn't true, that her melody wasn't really gone. But then the wipers would sweep away the rain, and she'd be looking once again at her daughter's freshly covered grave. Yesterday she had huddled beneath a tent, along with the small congregation of mourners, including her mother and her brother, neither of whom she could stand, and watched as the casket went down, wishing it were her inside instead of Melody. There were a few words spoken by the minister from the island church, and that was it. Her daughter was gone for good. A mother's not supposed to bury her daughter. That's what her own mother had said to her as they walked back to the car. And she was right, although the way she said it left Jane feeling that her mother blamed her. And maybe she was to blame, she thought. A stab of guilt shot up Jane's spine, doubling her over in agony. She chanted her sponsor's slogan for relief. I didn't cause it. I couldn't control it. I didn't cause it. I couldn't control it. I didn't cause it. I couldn't control it. When she was able to sit up again, she reached into the glove box and fished through the papers for the emergency pack of Virginia Slims she kept hidden there. She tapped a cigarette from the pack, fumbled the lighter, lit with a shaking hand, and inhaled one long drag of calming smoke. Then she cracked the window and flicked the cigarette out into the rain. The wipers swept the windshield clean again, and Jane nearly screamed when she saw a strange man standing over her daughter's grave. What was he doing here? His head was bent, either in mourning or to read the freshly engraved stone, and he wore a gray coat and rain-soaked blue jeans. Jane felt suddenly guilty, as if she were spying on a private moment between her daughter and this stranger. That would have sounded silly to Jane had she said it out loud, but it made perfect sense somehow inside her own head. The man bent and laid something on the grave. Did he bring flowers? she wondered. She reached for the wiper switch to clear the windshield again, but she hit the high beams and accidentally flashed her headlights. Just as the wipers were sweeping the window clear, the man turned and looked at Jane. Never before had she been so startled and so captivated at the same time. He was young, under thirty for sure, but the blank, almost numb expression on his face, combined with the distance in his gaze, betrayed a hidden pain of someone far beyond his age. He carried no umbrella, but he wore a baseball cap and rain poured off its brim, his eyes set in pools of shadow. As they looked at one another, her in the car, him straddling her daughter's grave, the rain streamed down the glass and slowly melted him from her view until just a watery silhouette was left.
Then that, too, was washed away. Several seconds later, the wipers swept across the windshield again. But the stranger was gone. Jane was soaked by the time she walked the twenty feet from her car to the grave. She stood where the stranger had stood and looked around, but he was nowhere to be seen.